Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Well, hello, hello, everyone. I am Leif Hatlin, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I have this incredible privilege to have my dear friend and sister Heidi Baker with me. And she is there now in Pemba, Mozambique. How are you doing, Heidi? Uh, I'm just so blessed. Um, it's great to see you, Leif, and thanks for, for this time I, I feel really grateful to just be alive right now for such a time as this. No joke. I feel I couldn't be happier being in this place right now with Jesus and my team. I'm really doing well. How are you doing? I'm also doing very well. Uh, I'm getting ready also in about two weeks to go to the Middle East uh, for major assignments. So uh, I understand a little bit of this thing that being right in the middle of God's will and taking up that cross and following Jesus is the safest place we can be. So uh, I understand some of that. But explain to me, how do you maintain even just being close to Jesus in the middle of often chaos, crisis, all the different situations? I, I I don't want to sound religious, but I, I just have to be me. I, I'm not going to play games. I love to worship. Like, I am a soaker. I love to soak. I love to worship. And so I have worship on early in the morning. That is, that is amazing. I was just thinking about, I was just last Sunday, I was with a friend uh, over at their house, Alberto and Kimberly, just soaking at their house and uh, I know that some of our mutual friends just being there in the present and in the glory I was at Grace Center and then I went over spent Sunday afternoon with our friends there and it was so much fun so glorious I still soak with them by listening with their music I don't actually get to talk to them and I also soak every Saturday like hours with one of my best friends um, just not even with Zoom because our internet's not good, but that's my my day, my Sabbath, and I love just being in the glory. No, no joke. It's really intimacy with Jesus, being connected with Him. He's my best friend. I I just love doing life with Him, and that's why I'm so happy. That's why I feel. So Joyful. And explain to me, because I know a little bit about your world and your life. I have the honor of being part of your global board. And I know that you have <laughs> all over the world, Irish ministries involved. And I know the busyness of what you're doing. Uh, pretty much it doesn't, uh, what it does is eliminate any excuse for anyone else of us in regard to you still have time. Uh, to be able to be alone with your lover, to be with Jesus, to recharge in the middle of hundreds of things that's going on. So how how are you able to prioritize that? Because I know that you're living in the middle of so many needs and opportunity, and you can minister 24 hours a day, and you still take oh, yeah. that time. So how, how do you prioritize your life? I, I literally understand that without oil, um, there's no... There's no movement. There's no anointing. 
And it's not just about the oil, it's about being with him. Mm. If, if I'm with him and I stay with him throughout the day, you know, I don't just, just do the alone time. I also love staying with him throughout the day, staying connected with the Lord all day long. So what I do, I just prioritize and I literally have learned that I need some boundaries where, because if you work with the poor, you're in ministry, you work with the poor of the earth, or you do conferences, which I used before COVID, I did a third of my life. Um, there's always somebody who will push you to do something more. But Leif, this is for me, the secret is a secret place. This is not like a slogan for me. He is the reason I live and exist. And if I'm not connected with him, I lose the reason for doing any of it. Like, why would you risk your life? Why would you, or why would you sleep when you're in conferences and all those different hotels that are, you know, move? Why would you get on those planes for 28 hours or two and a half days? If you're not connected with the Lord, and you're not finding your joy in him, then there's no reason. And at this, this stage in my life, like I, I have learned to that my no is just important as my yes. Like I have learned my no is just important as my yes. I have to. I have to know when it's okay to say no. And I listen and like, I love the prayer house. Every meeting could take me out of the prayer house, but I just choose to say no to other things, to say yes to the best thing. And then as I go out, I stay in the presence uh, as we drive to the, the internally displaced people camps as we, you know, do logistics, which is my big challenge. I mean, I have great people, amazing staff, over 500 people on our full-time team just in Pemba, 99% um, Mozambican. I, I learned to, to, to know, okay, what's my assignment? My assignment is to stay totally connected with the Lord and that's not only my assignment, that's my joy. Like you talk about, that's my chair one. You stay connected <laughs> with Allah, stay connected with Jesus, full of Holy Spirit. And then I flow out from that place. And if I get agitated, angry, um, discombobulated, I know that I need to stop. I need to pause. I need to get back into the presence of God and flow out of my relationship of intimacy with him. Nothing else works and nothing else matters. That's the short version. Yeah, but what, what do you do for fun to recharge just your emotional time? Because I know it's so draining also, even when you're in the presence, but as you are giving and ministering and feeding the poor, praying for the sick and continue to always pour out, pour out. Uh, so how do you put the gas mask on yourself before you then put the, the mask on everybody else, as they say on the uh, airplane, in the sense of just I just fall 
I love walking, um, power walking. I love it. Um, I really love swimming, but right now, snorkeling like was one of my favorite things. But with the helicopters, like seriously, this high over your head, machine guns out, kind of lost the joy of swimming for a moment. <laughs> it's coming back. It's gonna come back. But what I what I love doing is I have this little track in my yard, and I love it. And I got a trampoline. And I jump on the trampoline. I walk around the yard and I connect with my team. Like when we go on outreach, I'll tell you, we have the most fun you can imagine on our way. Like my team's almost, almost, we laugh hysterically, Leif. We laugh. We, we laugh. We pray in tongues. We sing songs. We tell jokes, we talk about all kinds of fun things. We laugh hysterically. And we literally get to the camp and there's all kinds of crazy. It's hot, it's like winds blowing, dirt in your face. We're, we're dirty, we're hungry, we're tired. But on our way back, we stop. We stop for tangerines or mangoes or crabs, caranguege, I forgot the English for a minute, caranguege, they're alive still. And we we find ways to enjoy being with each other, you know, in, in the job, in the ministry, we, we enjoy each other's company. Like, this is my team. We have a lot of fun. And that recharges me. Um, with Roland, um, sometimes we'll we'll watch just like a super G. I I I can't handle bad language and and uh, you know guns right now. People killing each other on a movie. But sometimes we'll watch just a fun GPG, something really fun, and have popcorn. That's fun for us sometimes. That's it. I mean, I just, I love my team. I love the Lord. I love, I love power walking, love lifting weights, have some weights here. That's fun for me. That's it. <laughs> I feel joyful. Yeah. I'm just also curious. How do you live with, I mean, I know the suffering, sufferings that you see the persecution that some of the people that you love goes through and some of the horrific, I mean, we're talking about PT, PTSD on a severe level. And so I'm a little bit familiar. I have often said that Heidi is one of my greatest encouragers because sometimes I have hundred major crises that has happened. And after I've talked to you, you have had a thousand and I realized how little that I carry on my plate. And I go back to that cross again and just repent because, uh, but I do know the load to some degree you're carrying of a painful thing. And I know also you have empathy. It's not just that you have this thing of I'm shutting this off. You, you're bleeding the ones that are bleeding. You're hurting with the ones that are hurting. And I watched you. You're weeping with the ones that are weeping. And you're rejoicing. But how do you maintain that in the middle of it? Just emotionally speaking. And so what, what happens for us uh, Leif and those listening is we weep with those who weep. So 
we actually cry. Mm. We don't just, we laugh and we cry. Like there is a spectrum of things we can go through in a day. I'm telling you. And it's only by Holy Spirit's power that we survive. Because otherwise we'd have so much PTSD that we couldn't even function. You know, like there's something the Lord allows us to do as we go out. I mean, literally go out with Pastor Antonio, Pastor Pedro, Jamal, sometimes Marina. And we, we've got to be able to like go out and find the joy in it somehow by realizing, okay, we're, I've got my stats. Like we're feeding 42,435 people a meal a day. That's got to give us joy. And, and at the same time we stop for the one there's so there's like a big team, 99% Mozambique. We stop, we, we weep. If you, if you were to join us, you'd see, we don't just listen to, to how, you know, somebody's four and a half year olds was decapitated and we don't just go, oh, well, let's just feel the joy of the Lord. No, we actually weep. I mean, we cry. I cry. They cry. We cry. Shamoku, my senior leader, one of the senior leaders, lost family members, children disappeared. Like he leads this the the outreach with the IDPs. He's like the Mozambican leader. He weeps like a baby. You should see him. He yep. weeps. I weep. We we just like sometimes we'll sob and then literally, and it's only God, like he will literally bring peace over over us and over the people we're weeping with. It's all I can say, and if anyone wants to argue, they don't understand, they're not here. So I'm just gonna say uh ponto final, like. Holy Spirit will often drop down and bring joy in the situation. Joy. Mm. That's nuts. Like if if the amount of suffering that 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 my own team has gone through and that I've gone through and heard like nothing compared to my my by the way we have 17 kids just want to make that clear 17 children two are natural the rest are adopted but like the just the amount of crazy that that we've seen we would need counseling forever like we would never be able to function if it weren't for the supernatural power of of god if it were not for holy spirit literally falling on us and and healing our hearts and healing these brothers hearts they've seen hell talk people talk about heaven on earth all, all the time we know hell on earth we yeah. know hell on earth you know hell on earth yeah. when people crucify children on your watch in your province i 
I mean, that's hell on earth. Walk through more bodies than they can count of what God has done in the midst of the suffering. We weep. We weep. We weep with those who weep. We feed the hungry. We clothe the naked. We build the homes. We do it. We keep going out and sharing the beauty of Jesus. And then we rejoice. We rejoice because he's good in the midst of it all. And he's still God and he's still good and he's still sovereign and we still trust him and we still love him. And we choose instead of keeping our eyes on the hell, which is so real and so close, we, we lift our eyes up and we go, we just say, Lord, we still will trust you. And vala pena, like it matters what you ask us to do, vala pena, vala pena, vala pena. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep, we're going to keep loving. And the, the best thing in this last, you know, it's four years, but it's really heated up in the last year and a half for me is just getting to walk with, with the most incredible men of God that I've ever met, like bar none, like, I I feel like such a wimp. I'm just, nobody's beheaded my children, not my natural born, not my adopted kids. My grandkids have been super terrified. They're, they're questioned. Some of my grandkids who I birthed, two of them, um, they said, ask their mom, would they be able to deny Jesus just for a moment and when the Al-Shabaab comes to chop their heads off, like, would they be able to deny Jesus? These are like young, young kids. We're talking eight, we're talking 12. Could they deny Jesus and then ask him back in their hearts after they get set free because they deny Jesus? Because Al-Shabaab will often like, if you can recite what they want you to recite, do it properly you won't get beheaded and when you have grandchildren who you birthed asking these questions it's not frivolous like there's nothing frivolous about the joy that we receive and I'm emotional right now but sometimes people have accused people in renewal or the church, you people that laugh, you know, and they've called us frivolous or, or called it some other spirit. When you see God crash in on men who have lost children and everything they own, their home, their, their family members, their church is all born, some of them, 10 churches burned, 15 churches burned, whatever. And you see Holy Spirit fall on them and they fall on the ground and they weep and then they laugh. I'm telling you, greatest privilege of my life walking with these men and women of God saying, I am a baby. I'm such a baby. I'm such a baby. And I'm so grateful to to see what God can do in the midst of suffering that's absolutely unmentionable. Oh, 
I was just thinking about the scripture verse where Jesus endured the suffering because of the joy set before him. That's one of my favorite verses in the sense of, uh, I mean, mine is, I feel often minor. That's why I enjoy sometimes just hanging around you. And I can't wait for us to have a week vacation in Caribbean in January. Uh, Jennifer and I just. A dear brother paid for it. Yes. It's hard to receive, but we're going. We are we're going. going. We're going to just have fun at that time, yeah. away from all the tension and the world. But I was just thinking about uh, now going on Thanksgiving. I'm heading in, and on December 1st, I'm doing a big Jesus party in the Middle East and having bought Sunnah Muslim, Shia Muslim. Then I'm heading to the Afghanistan border to the refugee camps and some of that. It's during Thanksgiving. So I was, again, for a moment, struggle a little with it and some of those. And then it's the Lord just remind me when you see the joy, if I didn't have the joy set before me, having an eternal perspective, I think it is so easy. Sometimes we get temporary and my body hurts a little bit now of being away from family. There's things on a temporary level, but that verse continued to help me that Jesus had such a beautiful eternal perspective that he he endured the cross, the pain, because he saw what was ahead. He saw what this price was going to do. And I was just thinking about all the lives that is being touched, people that are being fed, people that are being healed, the hope in the middle of the hopelessness and and, and the very thing that God is doing. But you and Roland and the team, the Irish team, there is this element of an eternal perspective. How is that part of what you're doing? Because a lot of us forgetting about the eternal People often forget. They'll talk about heaven on earth, heaven on earth. Well, when your homes are burned, your churches are burned, your medical clinics burned, it's not heaven on earth in the sense of the natural. You know what I'm saying? But what we know is even if we go, because we never know they're going to climb over the wall. One of our people would just... Before I came on with you, they're like, Are, is that bombs? Is that like gunfire? No joke. You know, the rat was nothing. I just hate rats. But <laughs> but when you're hearing, I hate rats. We had to kill a rat and come on. Like, life's real. I'm like, Marina. Yeah, as we were about to start, Heidi was a yeah. few minutes late because she's killing a big rat. So I just wanted the listeners to be aware. Abdala helped me because I'm a wimp when it comes to killing rats. I'm like, Abdala, please help me. You know, I hate them. But we're we're thinking, is that gunfire? Is it bombs? We don't know. And and John's like, I don't know. And he's And this is a constant tension, you know what I mean? We don't know, they're gonna climb over. But this is what we know, Leif, eternity's real, like heaven's not a joke. Some people think heaven's a fairy tale or it's only on earth. You missed the plot, you missed the plot. Eternity is real, like I'm talking eternity face to face with Jesus. Heaven, real heaven, not just heaven on earth. Heaven, eternal reality. Don't mock me. Don't mock our laid down lover, men and women of God who have lost so many family members and mock us and say, you're only about eternity. You don't understand. It's all about transformation here. Transformation of our hearts, our connection with him. People mock 
eternity is real. We, we fix our eyes on Jesus. Does that make sense? Like we don't just, we don't take it lightly. Like what we do, we don't just jump out there and say, you know, we, we want to be martyrs, but many of our people have been martyred in the last year and a half, you know, many, many more than I can explain. And it's not like our goal isn't to die early. Our goal is to carry the gospel, but we know our eternal destiny. And so I can't say we're not afraid. Pray for us. I'm praying for you and your outreach. Yeah. Um, yeah, pray. It's 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 very powerful and very intense what yeah. we're going through here. It's it's like what I shared in a conference, the worst of time and the best of time yeah. at the same time. Um you understand that, you know, just staying and staying in his presence and oh yeah yeah wow. just we 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 definitely would love prayer and we just want to reach more people we've we've never seen this kind of harvest like never been this challenging and we can't have like the big open glory meetings but we and we haven't had people just not denying they're they're saying yes to Jesus everywhere we go as much as we go and so I don't know. I just feel like God, God sees and he cares and he's not holding his hands. He knows what's going on. And, and he literally has us at the right place at the right time for the right reasons. And so it's hard to explain. It's, and we're getting, we're at 42,435. I keep feeling that I believe for that. Yeah. It's not a number that I stuck in my own head. It's like about a tenth of the IDPs. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking that feels really small. Mm -hmm. Why is it as believers, you know, why why is it UN World Food Program? And I'm super grateful for them, but why as believers can we not, you know, believe to to that God's put us as hands and feet in a crazy situation and believe to do, do that. And, and I just believe God and, and I believe, I believe God. So I believe he's going to do it. And we need to work together, all of us, like the body of Christ and shine like you're doing, like you're going to Afghanistan border and that's awesome and I feel like that's a destiny you know you one of your questions is on legacy what's it's like God the 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 world's waiting in eager expectation for the sons and daughters to rise up so what do we want to see what's legacy is the sons and daughters rising up and becoming who they are Yes, there's a university. Yes, there's um, thousands of churches or prayer houses, all of that. That's 
awesome and beautiful, but what's a true legacy of, of a person? It's got to be sons and daughters, yeah. spiritual sons and daughters being raised up in the midst of it all and just shining and knowing who they are. And you teach that so well, like being in that first chair and saying, okay, I am not an orphan. I am not an orphan. I'm not the one with lack right now in the face of a, of a crisis. I'm the one who is a daughter. I'm the one who is a daughter. And I am a daughter loved by my father. So whatever he asked me to do, he's going to take care of it. So believers who keep saying, well, I'm just a little, you know, no, God can't use me. I want to see them raised up, Leif, and them go for it. And we're praying for you, too, and really it's for your outreach, Leif. Um, so glad you're going and shining and it comes out of your your life, your intimacy with, with the Lord, but then it comes out of your life. Your message comes out of your life that he's called you to go to those places that so many people don't want to go. And, and then you get to bring that back to people who are still afraid and still walking in the orphan spirit. And and it's powerful what God's put on your life and your vulnerability and the way you share your, your, your failures and your victories is really powerful. And uh, I, I'm very inspired by your life. So, Thank you yeah. so much, Heidi, for investing this time. And let's just stay in touch, my dear sister. Love you so much. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.